0: Well, hi everybody. How are you today?
1: Good morning. Nice to see all of you. Stand on up here, please, with me. Let's lift our voices, praise the Lord this morning, with our song, and just praise Jesus because He is here with us today. So we're glad to have you here. I want you to
0: enjoy worshiping to be the Lord this morning. So if you need to nod your head,
1: clap your hands, get a little movement in your feet, it's okay. We want to rejoice and celebrate who Jesus goes today. We were walls between us, by the cross you came and broke them down, you broke them down. There were chains around us, by your grace we are no longer bound, no longer bound. You call me into the light. You call me... came alive. you sure. sure. other this morning. Get a name and say hello. Thank you. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes into the Father except through Jesus Christ. So, with those battles that you have going on today, just know that you can claim the victory because of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross all those years ago. Just praise his name this morning. Through every battle, through every heartbreak, through every circumstance, You are my fortune, and you are my portion. You are my hiding place.
2: crossroads you guys can have a seat it's good to be with you once again thanks for joining us online if we have any guests here in the house welcome we're so thankful to have you with us this morning please stop by the welcome center before you leave Uh, we have a special gift for you and the welcome center team is amazing and they would love to connect with you and get to know you and just hear your story and what brought you here and you know find out your favorite snacks. I don't know. There's all kinds of things, but listen, I want you to encourage, I want to encourage you. Please stop by the Welcome Center. We want to connect with you and just give you a gift and just say thanks for being here with us this morning. Uh, listen, I have uh, Christy McNeese here with me, our, one of our children's ministry coordinators, talking about something very exciting happening with the kids and students. Christy, what's happening?
0: All right. Good morning. Um, coming up here in two weeks, we're going to have a baptism class, so that would be February 5th, and we're going to do that after the 11 o'clock service. So we'll start around 12:15, 12:30, and this is for students who are in third through 12th grade. And if you could, if your child is interested in taking the class, if you could email the uh, the Canopy Kids email address up there, we will get you registered and we'll know you're coming. Um, this is just an informative class. There's no commitment on on anybody's part to getting baptized just by coming. Um, You're simply saying, hey, I want to learn more about baptism. And, uh, and what this is all about, and we get to talk about it um, all throughout the year with the kids, depending on our lesson for the week or whatever, but this gives us an opportunity to go into detail with them and really explain to them um, the true meaning of baptism, and if they're ready, we work with you. We pick a date on a Sunday that works well for you and your family, and uh, and we go from there. Um, we do encourage uh, a parent to be at the meeting with the kids. Uh, lunch will be provided, and we'll do our best to get you out of here in a timely fashion, so it's about an hour, depending on how many people are there. At the most, we'll keep you an hour and a half. So,
2: awesome! Thanks so much, Christy. So, listen, elementary school all the way up through senior in high school. If you are interested in being baptized, please contact us, and we'll get you signed up for that class. And it's going to be just a great, informative meeting. It's also, you know, it's a great time to ask questions, understand what does it mean to be baptized. And so, uh, Kim and Christy, and our youth pastor, Pastor Luke are going to be leading that. So use that. There's also the information in your bulletin as well. Um, Church, I want to let you know that we are in our 21 days of prayer. And so I want to encourage you to just join us if you haven't already and do a couple different ways to participate. One, um, there are books in the lobby. Please uh, fill out that commitment form and then put it inside the little box. Then grab the 21 courageous prayers if you haven't done so. Use the texting group. Uh, Just receive scripture and encouragement every day for these 21 days. But we're just going to watch God grow our church as we unite together, as we seek the Lord uh, these 21 days. Refuel is coming up on the 24th. I encourage you to come on out. It's going to be here in the auditorium and in different rooms throughout the church from 9 a.m. until 3 p.m. We're going to be providing lunch, and these are incredible speakers. Uh, we're going to be having breakout sessions, main sessions. Charles Billingsley will be leading worship with our worship team. It's just going to be a great day. Come be encouraged. Uh, I'm, I guarantee you will come, and you if you come, you'll be encouraged. Uh, God's going to do something powerful in your life and just be on network with other people, just to connect and just being able to just be with other people as we lift up the name of Jesus. And you're going to hear some... some Awesome things from incredible speakers. So you can see the information, uh, the little handout in your bulletin as well as go to our website and you can register uh, and it's going to be awesome on the, t- on the 24th. And then our, um, I want to also, guys, I want to encourage you our next steps class is happening on the 29th. This is the first step uh, in becoming a part of uh, this church. And so the first step is as membership is discovering more what it means to be a part of Crossroads. And so Pastor Ken is going to be leading that class. Uh, there's child care. There's also food up that we'll be providing. So you can sign up by going to our, our website or grab the connection card in front of you and just write your name and your information. And then you want to be a part of Next Steps, and then we'll follow up with you. But that's going to be on the 29th. And then, church, uh, the birthday gift to Jesus. Again, God is continuing to just uh, show us that he's in charge and that he's providing and so I want to show you that uh, we have 126,690 has come in and God has provided all this and uh so that money has already started going out so 100% of what comes in is 100% of what goes out to bless these missionaries as they take the gospel all over the world. Uh church would you stand with me as uh, we continue on to worship this morning? Lord, thank you for just being so good to us. Thank you for your son, Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Uh, Lord, thank you for uh, these opportunities that we have here in our schedule to have a baptism class, to have refuel. Lord, to uh, unite as a church as we uh, seek you for 21 days. God, to watch you just grow us spiritually, watch you grow us as a church. Uh, it's all for your name. It's all for your glory. Uh, would you be honored and praised and adored by all the things that we do, God? Help us, uh, lead us by your Holy Spirit this morning as we open up your word, as we sing, as we fellowship together. And we ask it all in the name of Christ. Amen.
3: Habits. We're talking about habits as we start off January this year, and uh, we're talking about good habits, habits that will change your life if you allow it. Habits, if you begin to start some of these good habits, it will absolutely change your life. So we start off our year with the 21 Days of Prayer. And I want to encourage you, if you've not yet taken one of these books, please take one. There's a a number of them still available out there. We have about 350 people that have signed and said that we are going to do the 21 Days of Prayer. Can we thank God for that, folks? That's an exciting day. And then um, I want to encourage you because... um, uh, if you leave your name there, I'm praying over your name. So I've been I have 350 names that I'm going over and I'm, I'm every day pulling them out and I'm reading and lifting your name up before the Lord. And so as we like, for example, the first day was the Lord is my rock. I'm asking, Lord, would you please be with and I fill in the blank and I read your name to the Lord and ask the Lord that you would that he would reveal himself as the rock to you. And then, like today, today is the sun. We feel the warmth from the sun, which Pittsburgh, we don't understand that. There's not much sun, right? But for the sun, we, God is, uh, he, he uses the illustration of the sun. And so, as we realize the warmth that comes from the sun, we realize the warmth from the light of, of the world, Jesus Christ. And so, I'm praying that for you. So, I want to encourage you, if you've not grabbed one of these, just grab one on your way out. And, uh, and just start, if you missed uh, starting with us last week, start tomorrow. And uh, just jump on it. It's uh, They're one page each day. I think it will encourage your life. Our kids, I want to show you this. Chrissy and uh, Kim came up with this wonderful thing for our kids, 21 days of prayer. They've been handing them out down there. And I believe on the first day they handed out 70, 70 of these alone on the very first Sunday. And then on Wednesday they handed out even more. So I'm thankful. we got 350 adults. we got probably close to 100 kids. Can we thank God for what he's doing? Amen. God is moving in our church. And so I asked you to pray for three things. There's three things I want to encourage you alongside the book. Pray, number one, for your personal growth, that God will grow you closer to him and grow you as a person. What are those areas? We looked last week at, at the seven areas of your life. What is God doing? Maybe you set a goal in some area of your life. I want to encourage you to write that goal down and pray it and give it to the Lord and say, God, here's my goal. Help me develop a plan. Help me to do these things for you. So as we're as we're doing that, um, these are the small things that make a big difference. And so you, you make a little habit and just come to God every day. So uh, I want to encourage you to to pray, number one, for yourself. Pray, number two, for your family. Pray for each person of your family by name. Lift them up. Pray for your spouse. Pray for your kids. Ask God. And what I've been doing is I've been taking, Lord, would you allow the, uh, the, my family to see that you are the rock? So I take these and I pray them for my family. Listen, um, praying for your family is so important. As you just lay this down, you want to know the most important thing you can do for your family is to pray for them? Way better than worrying for them. Way better than stressing out over them. Pray for them and lift them up. Take them. And listen, when you do, the peace that passes all understanding comes over your heart. And then the third thing I asked you to do was to pray for our church and ask God to move in a mighty way in our church. Ask God for his direction in our church and and to lead us as a people. And I want to tell you that uh, last week I shared that verse with you, not by might, not by spirit, uh, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. That is going to be my theme verse For this entire year, I have watched the Lord in the last week. I can tell you about five incredible things that I have seen the Lord do. I'm going to call them modern day miracles. Now, they're not like a miracle where like, all right, you know, Jesus turned the water into the wine, but it's bigger than that. Hearts became close to Jesus. People are being called unto God. Uh, there, there are young people that are getting involved and in, in reading this thing, and they're, they're calling back and they're saying, man, my life has changed because of Jesus, not because of this book or this church, but because of Jesus. And God is moving in a mighty way. There are five major things that I have witnessed the hand of the Lord this week. And I want to encourage you, stop and look. You see, you can't do this when we're moving at the speed of the light. Stop and look and say, what has God done in my life? And I'm telling you, in this church, there are five big things. I mean, one was just absolutely blew me away. I said, this can be God and God only has done this work. Actually, on all five of those things, God and God only. I have called several of my friends. I called a pastor friend of mine. He lives out in Indiana. He's gonna be here speaking in a few weeks. I called John Lilly. I said, John, you won't believe what God just did. And I'm telling him all these things that God did. And, and he's like, wow. And so it's just amazing. Uh, last night we had a family that, that came because of, uh, from, that they were invited all the way back at Trunk and Tree. Because of what God did at Trunk and Treat. So listen, they're, they're, that's number six. There is just things that God is doing over and over and over. And he's moving in a powerful way. And we give him the glory. So join us in prayer on the 21 days of, journey, uh, of prayer. And if you haven't started, start tomorrow. There's no better day than to start today, right? Just start now and jump on in. And I'm asking, the Lord, for miracles in our church. You know what? I don't want to hear that how good our programs are. I want to hear that the Holy Spirit himself moved in the presence of his people. Amen? I want to hear that God did something in your life. I want to hear that there's, there's people falling at the feet of Jesus. And are coming in and they're saying, this is where we're going to go. And that's my heart, my prayer, my vision for the future, for the next year, that we will be so in tune with God. That people would just be so drawn to the Almighty. Listen, there's, there's nothing else that's more important in life than Jesus Christ and when we we see him move i can't make him move but i can pray and beg him to move and he, and listen i have watched him move already this is a just a small beginning of what i believe god is going to do in our church and i'm i'm going to just continue to seek the lord so i'm asking you to join me in prayer and that's the h in habits we're taking the word habits and we're going to go through an acrostic i spent 2 weeks we've talked 2 weeks on the h in habits hang out in the presence of christ Last week, we looked at all those areas of your life, how you want to set a goal, while those are all influenced by the time that you hang out with Christ. We want to encourage you to develop a deep intimacy with the Lord. It's about how Jesus is coming to you. You know, religion says, I'm going to work harder, I'm going to try harder. Jesus came to you. Jesus came and he said, I have come that they might have an abundant life. He came to give us full, complete, abundant life. He has come to us, and so we get to meet with Him, Emmanuel, God with us. And as we meet with Him, He begins to change how I respond to life. He gives me new new direction. He gives me uh, ways that I can forgive, ways that I can love. He changes me from the inside out. So you've got to start there. That's the private dimension to your faith. And I think many people think that that's the only dimension to my faith is my private dimension. Well, you know, it's between me and God. Well, you know what? There's a lot because you will stand before the Lord. We're going to talk about that in just a few moments. But there is also a public dimension to your faith. You cannot have the public dimension without the private. Sadly, many people try the public route without the private. Uh, You have to have this time with God. You have to have this quietness. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Get alone in his presence and watch what God will do. The second habit that I'm going to introduce you to today is the A. This in, involves with the public side of your faith. And this is called accountability with another believer. Would you read that with me? Accountability with another believer. Now, when I say the word account, accountability, many people have this fear that comes in, in your mind. Oh, they're going to hold me accountable? Oh, it's like, oh, this is scary. Uh, accountability is so important in our life. You see, my spiritual business is your spiritual business. There's a degree of this. And as we look through the scriptures and you look in the early church, accountability was so important. Uh, My spiritual business now becomes your spiritual business. Now, I'm not going to earn my way to to God. The things that I do, the things that you encourage me to do, I'm not earning my way towards God. That is just you're helping me along the way. And accountability, I want to encourage you to think of it like this. Being active in the community of faith. Active in community of faith here. The world understands accountability. You understand accountability. If you go to pay your cable bill. You know that lovely bill every month, right? Cable, internet, phone. And you go and you just write the check. And I realize half you're digital. But if you just take a check and you write the check and there's no money in the bank. It's a $200 bill. You write it for 200 but you only have 100 in the bank. You put it in the envelope and send it. You know that the cable company will hold you accountable for that. So will the bank. And the bank will give you a nice $50 fine. That's accountability, right? Hoping that if you pay that fine, you won't do that again. And so, so that's accountability. The uh, when you're on the highway and you see the you see the sign posted 70 mile an hour, and you're going 90, you're held accountable. All of a sudden, when there's a little car with lights on, whoo, they come flying out after you, right? Uh, your boss holds you accountable. Your boss asks you to be there at work at nine, and you show up at nine fifteen, nine thirty, ten o'clock. Well, guess what? Your boss is going to have a discussion with you, right? There's, there's something there. He's going to hold you accountable. If you don't comply with your boss, you'll end up with a new boss. Then it won't be at his company. I mean, he, he will hold you accountable. He'll have discussions. He'll try and help you get to the right place, and maybe you're not at the right place because you can't work for him. Um, we understand accountability, and yet we're fearful. And so uh, um, accountability is so important in our life. There's accountability everywhere. I want to start with this, first of all. We are accountable to God. Everyone is accountable to God. We start with this understanding of our accountability to God. Romans chapter 14, beginning in verse 10. The Apostle Paul says this. He says, you then, why do you judge your brother, or why do you look down on your brother? Here's what was happening in in this early church. The church is new. You had all these people that were coming, and they had a Jewish background. They had uh, they had the Old Testament. Jesus now comes on the scene. Uh, Jesus dies on the cross, rises again. And this movement has started. And these people have trusted Christ as their Savior. They're now followers of Jesus. And as they are moving along the journey, they're followers of Jesus Christ. Now you have another group of people that comes in. You have these people that were non-Jewish. They were Gentiles. So you had the Jews and then you had everybody else. So all the rest of the world hears about Jesus, and they begin to follow Jesus. What happens is you have this argumentation that begins to happen within the early church, and they begin to judge each other. The Jews were saying, listen, we have all of our eating laws. How dare you sit down and you eat that food? Pork being one of them, right? How dare you sit down and you eat that pork because we're following Jesus. You're calling yourself spiritual, but you're, you're, you're not eating the way we eat. And then the Gentiles, they started to judge the Jews. And they were like, what are they talking about? They're crazy. I'm going to have a ham sandwich right in front of them. And that's what happened. And so there was disrespect. There was all kind of things that were happening. They're having this argumentation back and forth. And the Apostle Paul says, you then, why do you judge your brother? Or why do you look down on your brother? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. Every one of us will stand before the judgment of God. That's a sobering thought. Continuing on, he says, and he quotes from Isaiah. He says, it is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will confess, will acknowledge that I am God. Like one day, the whole world, the whole, every human that's ever lived, whether, you know, whether they end up in heaven or not, they will bow and submit that he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords and listen there's only one way we get to heaven is through what Jesus did he died on the cross he paid for our sin he was buried and he rose again and he says whosoever shall call upon the name of the lord will be saved so so he says here listen this is coming one day and then the apostle paul in verse 12 says this he says so then each of us will give an account of ourselves to god we need accountability I am going to be held accountable to God. And so I want you to catch this here. Back over in uh, Romans chapter 8. Romans 8 says that there is now therefore no condemnation to those who belong in Christ Jesus. So when I stand before God, there is no condemnation, not because of good that I have done, but because of what Jesus has done on the cross. The same for you. If you've trusted Jesus as your Savior... And you die and you go to heaven. When we stand before the judgment, God will say, I see the blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed and forgiven you. Welcome to my home. Amen? That's what God has done for us. So what does it mean that we will give an account of, the, of ourselves? If you go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Verses 10 to 15, you'll see this description. He gives a picture of the judgment seat of Christ. It's a description. He compares our ministries, what we do, the things that we do for God, as building a temple. He says if we build with cheap materials like wood, hay, and stubble, he says that the fire will burn them up. But if we use precious metals, an analogy there, he says our works will last. If our works pass the test, we receive a reward. If they are burned up, we lose the reward and, so, and then he even uses the phrase, some are saved yet as by fire. I want you to catch this because the good, we all do, we're trying to serve the Lord here. You come in, we have people that are downstairs serving right now, teaching your children about Jesus. Thanks be to God for those people. We have our band up here. They're playing and leading and worship. The pastor's preaching. They're out on the parking lot directing traffic. There's ministry that you do all week long. You're taking things to your neighbor. You're helping your neighbor. You're praying for one another. There's all kind of ministry that we do all day. And uh, what can happen is you can come and you can do these things with your own motive. And if you have the motive about you, then you've missed the point. You've missed what God's trying to do. And so I can come up here and I can preach, hope, you know, let's say, I'll just give you the example. If I were preaching that you'd like me, and uh, that's not the right motive, right? That's not a good motive. I mean, I have this text. I have to give you what he says, not what I want. So if I were just preaching from that perspective, from that motive, or doing it in my own power, my own strength even, well, that's a work that when, when the judgment would come, that would be like wood, hay, or stubble. would just burn up. You know, you go out to a fire, you're, you're not going to throw metal in that fire. You're going to throw wood. Hey, kinlam would it. The pastor comes in and he preaches and he gives the word of the Lord. And maybe he's stumbling and he's stuttering and, and he's trying to honor the Lord. God takes that. And he says, okay. He stumbled. He stuttered. But his heart was in the right position. Boy, he built with something that was something that's going to last. And then over in Revelations, it gives a picture of us laying our crowns at the feet of Jesus. You know what am I going to do with the crown in heaven? I'm not going to have one on my shelf. Hey, look at my crown! Look what I did while I was on earth. That crown that the Lord gives us, I'm going to lay right at the feet of Jesus and worship Him. We fall down, we lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus. And so, for all of us, there's been times in our life whenever we have we have uh, served out of self. We serve ourselves even sometimes by serving. But God says, I want you to serve me. I want you to do it in my power. I want you to do it not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord God Almighty. And that's what God wants to use you in your, in your life every day. And it's not just something that happens on Sunday. It's something that happens every day of, the, of, our, of our life. But as we come before him, I want you to understand that's the, that's the accountability that we have. So one day you will, that what you do on earth is still important. Even though my sin is forgiven and there's no condemnation, what you do on earth is still important. God has left you here to do something for Him. He's given you talents. Thanks be to God, these team up here using their talents for God, singing and playing and leading us to the throne room of God. Thanks be to God for the people. God has gifted so many people with so many different talents and as we all use them for His honor and glory, God wants us to do it not in my own strength but in His strength, in His might. And I have to... Surrender to Him for that to happen. And so as we do that, we give an account of ourselves to God one day. But I'll tell you what. I found that the, the second, the second uh, habit of accountability, being active in community, is so important to your faith. It is so important for your spiritual growth. It's the, it's the gymnasium. It's the, the working out, like he says there. We, we used the verse several weeks ago about working out, exercise towards godliness. As you are exercising and working out towards godliness, this habit of developing community, being in accountable friendships. Why is this so important? Well, the scripture teaches it, and here's my thought on it, is that we is always stronger than just me. Would you read that with me? We is always stronger than just me. You will stand before God on your own. I can't help you in the presence of the Lord. I can't help you. It's you and the Lord. But I'll tell you what. I can help you get to the presence of the Lord. I can encourage you to do the things that he's called you to do. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9 begins this passage. It says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. We quite often use these in context of marriage. You hear this at weddings. I had a wedding yesterday that I was able to officiate, and I used these verses there. And I was like, "Wow, I'm preaching that tomorrow morning." I mean, I had already known that I was preaching it. Um, he says, "If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Woe to the person who falls alone." Listen, you go out, you're you're trying to follow God, and you do this on your own, and then you fall. Well, he says that you need somebody to pick you up. And woe to the person who has nobody to pick you up. Let me tell you, you will fail. There's not a person who followed Christ who hasn't failed. Peter himself failed Jesus, and Jesus himself picked them up. I, I want you to remember that because you will fail out there. You will stumble. You will fall. And woe to the person who does it without community. I have watched through the years the people who fall, because we all fall. The community picks them back up. And as the community picks them back up, they become closer to Christ. It's how God designed it. But the people that ostracize because I fell, I'm no good. I shouldn't be there. Woe to that person. Woe to that person. Don't ever cut yourself off from the community of another believer. The number one worst thing you can do is when you you fall or fail is to run from the body of Christ. We're not perfect. We're crazy. But listen, we're crazy for Jesus is what we are. And God says this is how it works. You need the body. So don't run, don't run, don't run, don't run. Keep moving forward in faith. Likewise, verse 11, likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. Thank God for that verse, huh? But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And I always tell people that uh, in a marriage when I'm doing a wedding, listen, to three, the three cord in your marriage is Jesus The bride and the groom. And it has to be that way. If you don't have Christ in your marriage, it's going to struggle. It will falter. It will fail. He says a three-stranded cord is even better. But I want you to think about this in the body of Christ. Let's apply it now to my relationships in the church. A three-stranded cord is even better. Man, we're going to falter, we're going to fail, but I need a community around me. Jesus himself said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst. That's when Jesus shows up. He does something special when we gather. So I want to encourage you, because as you look through the Bible, uh, basically it's basically telling us here that uh, the one another is always more powerful than one. Always more powerful. You look in the Scripture, you know, in the New Testament there are 59 commands... Of One another's like the early church. That was their primary task was these one another's. They were to they did these one another. See, that's not just private. One another is not just me and God. It's me, God and you. That's one another. And here's a few of them uh, to be at peace with one another. I mean, that's hard at times, isn't it? Sometimes you can't solve a disagreement, but you can be at peace. Um, And that's what he says, to be at peace with one another. To wash one another's feet. All right, who's coming up? Help me out. That was cultural in that day, wasn't it? Aren't you glad we don't do that today, huh? You know, if you saw my feet, you'd be real glad, right? So, uh, listen. You uh, and back in that day, they would they would come in, you know, come out. The, the, their feet are in sandals. There's there's no no socks, no closed shoes. They come walking in, and the servant would wash your feet, get rid of the dust. You know, if I come to your house today, I I wipe my feet on your mat, or maybe I'll slip my shoes off and put them on your in your shoe rack, and then I'll come in and enjoy. Uh, time with you right well on that day this was the the cleanliness so Jesus himself actually got down with his disciples and he got down and he humbled himself and he did a one another he washed the feet of the other of his disciples this was the God of the universe getting down on his knees and he's washing the feet of the very people that he created Jesus was present at creation he comes lives as a Born as a baby, lives this beautiful, perfect life. And towards the end, right here, right before he goes to the cross. This is just hours before he goes to the cross. He's down on his knees with a towel around his waist, washing these nasty, stinking feet of his disciples. And I'll tell you, sometimes we think that we're immune or we're above that. There's not one person that's above that. God's called us to one another. We're to love one another. He talks about it over and over. You see it in the New Testament. Love one another. Love one another. Love one another. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, they will know that you are Christians by your love, not for me, but by your love for one another. You see, the way that I know if you love God is how you treat other people. I don't have to. I I don't even have to say anything. I just say, okay, this guy, that girl, I can watch what's happening. It's an outward flow. Like I'm meeting with God and now I have this one another relationship. To live in harmony with one another. To have equal concern for one another. No respecters of persons. To, To bear each other's burdens. There are 59 in there. Maybe we'll do a series on that. 59, imagine that. It'd be a long series, wouldn't it? But that's what we're called to do, these one another's. I, I want to encourage you to have an accountable relationship. Accountability is this. It's a ha- having a caring, deep friendship. Can you say that with me? Accountability is a caring, deep friendship. That's what it is. You know, when we think of accountability, you think of somebody saying, Oh, did you do this? No, it's a caring deep friendship. You have to allow people into your life. This is you know, I don't just walk up to somebody and say, I'm gonna hold you accountable today. You have to allow them into your life. And you don't just come up to me and say, I'm gonna hold you accountable. Um, you know, yeah, the way you hold people accountable is if they said they were gonna do something, you follow up with them. Hey, you said you were gonna buy me a cup of coffee, I'll take you up on it. All right, that's accountability, right? So so in the spiritual life if you can get to the point where you share with somebody, "Hey, I'm struggling with this area. I'm struggling. I need help." Boy, it's so healing. And you gotta, you gotta, you have to put your guard down for that to happen. You see, we 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 all come to church like this. We fight all the way in here. <laughs> Did you ever do that? You're in the car. You're like having discussions. Does anybody ever do that? Okay, three, four honest people in the church. All right. You have this argument. You're like, you know, ah. When I remember when the kids were little, it was it was just torture. I mean, you know, they're just trying to get those kids ready. I'm always ready to go. You know, the kids. You, know, you get in the car, and then you're just like, and you get out of the church. And you're like, hey, I'm gonna worship the Lord. Look at my wonderful wife. We just love the Lord. God bless you. You know. And we put on this show that we got it together, don't we? And you know what? I need somebody that I can say, oh, this is hard. I need a caring friend that I can say, you know what? I hate getting the kids ready for church. Honestly, right? It's the hardest part of our week. We solved it in our family with two cars. Listen, you've got to have somebody you can be honest with, that you can share with, right? Man, oh day, And so, so you, you have to, yeah, we've got to drop the guard. And, and, and here's what it is. There are levels of accountability. Check this out. As you look at these levels, when you think of that accountable, that caring friend, that's like the, the pinnacle. But there are levels. Here's level one is attending worship faithfully. You're here. You've made a commitment. You are associating with a body of believers. It's what the book of Acts was all about. They would become followers of the way. And it was so awesome. They now were associated with this group. They were people that were believers. They ended up going out and getting baptized. I mean, to show their faith. And they were like, they started do living in community together. The book of Hebrews gives us some encouragement here. Look at this. Hebrews says this. I think I have it there. Hebrews. He says, let us consider one let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. He had just in the verses before went on our blessed hope. He's reaffirming the faith. I mean, you just read the verses preceding there, it's like he's like giving strong doctrine And then he says, all right, let's get the show on the road now. Because you have this blessed hope in Jesus Christ, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good deeds. I came in this morning and had some water. And then I go over to the coffee. And I'm drinking decaf. I put the decaf in there. I go over, and I get that half-and-half. Half. I'm a half-and-half half king. I pour it in there. I like sometimes a little coffee with my half-and-half, half, you know? Put it in there. And I put my sweetener in there. And I got it, and I walked down the hall, and I took my first sip, halfway down the hall, and I went,
1: because
3: I didn't start. I went all the way back. To, I was tempted to put my finger in there, but I'm like, i got to shake all your hands today. So I went down there and I got the coffee stir. It tasted like what I was trying to drink. When you stir it up. And that's what happens to the body of Christ. We are to stir each other up for love and good works. Another translation uses the word provoke. Isn't that a nice word? Provoke each other. Hit my buttons to do something good. Stir it up. And then he continues on. Look here. He says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as some are in the habit of doing. Don't forsake the assembling of ourselves. Even in the early church, people said, well, you know, I've become close with God and I'm fine. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to gather with the people of the way. I don't need to hang out. And they started to just drift off and fade. He says, don't forsake. Let's stir up love and good works. When you come into this place, this family, our prayer is that we are stirring up love and good things happening in your life. Love and good things for our community. You know, I've had people in our community tell me that the happiest people that they know come to this church. That's what you're doing. We as a community, we're stirring it up. We're stirring it up. And it's all of a sudden it tastes so much better. Like, man, the sugar's not at the bottom anymore. The sugar's in every ounce of the drink. And and that's what God's called us to do. He says, man, I want you to stir this thing up. Don't forsake getting together. Listen, don't don't run away when something goes bad. Things are going to go bad. Don't run away when things are bad. Don't walk away whenever you've had a struggle. Man, This is the place. This is where you come. This is where you get stirred up. He said, all the more as you see the day approaching, all the more as you see trouble approaching. Because for them, the day meant the returning of the Lord Jesus. And times were getting worse and worse and worse. They were having more and more persecution. And he says, in the midst of the threat of persecution, don't stop meeting together. Today, in the 1040 window on the map, if you draw the 1040, longitude and latitude, 1040... You'd find a whole slew of countries where Christianity is illegal. But God's remnant is there. And they are meeting in basements, in people's homes, in, in fields. And they are coming together. And they are not forsaking the assembling of themselves together. And there's a movement that is happening all around our globe right now. Because we have the freedom to come, many times we take it for granted, don't we? And I want to encourage you, that's one level of accountability. It's more than going to church. It's a level of accountability. You're attending and you're associating with these people. And pretty soon, in this place, you get to know people. Pretty soon, you kind of realize that, hey, where I sit, we all kind of gravitate towards the same area. Did you ever notice that? Dan and knees, sat on the second row for 20 years. And don't you dare move because nobody else will sit there, Dan. I'm not allowed to have an open chair. But around Dan there's typically, well, Chrissy's always right there, too, with him. There's typically a bunch of people that kind of gravitate there. And look around the auditorium and don't just, like, recognize people. Begin to stop and say, hey, how are you? My name's, and give them your name. And start to develop these relationships. Because you'll never get to the caring friend if we don't start somewhere. The next level is a smaller group. We have life groups happening in our church. We have a men's group that meets on Wednesday night. When, women's group meets on Wednesday night. Several life groups are meeting in people's homes. Uh, some, these groups kind of come and go at times. I want to encourage you to get involved in a group. And all the way to the point where you find that caring friend. That caring friend is so important. And that is the, the, where, where we're trying to go with an accountable Friendship. It is, it is so necessary. I, I meet together. I go with a couple guys every, every Tuesday. And we, we go to breakfast. And it's fun. I, I like breakfast. They know. they know. Listen, they, they love you and they know you. And you show up and you start to develop this. And, uh, and I want to encourage you to do that, to, to develop some friends. Go, go get that coffee. Go hang out. And, and make it Christ-centered. You don't always have to be doing a Bible study. But the fact that three, two or three believers are getting together, you're going to talk about God. Otherwise, you might not be believers. I mean, it's going to come up. It's going to happen. It's going to come out. Okay? Um, Proverbs 18.24 says that there are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. A real friend sticks closer than a brother. Man, you know the friends that have pulled you down. Friends will make or break you. Uh, You may have some friends that are not following God, and you cannot let those voices pull you down. You have to hear from the Lord. And that's why it's so important to surround yourself with friends that will encourage you. That's what an accountable friendship is. The scriptures model this for us with David and Jonathan. If you go in the Old Testament, you'll read about two guys. There was Jonathan, uh, there was Saul was the the king and Jonathan was his son. And then there was David, who would end up being the next king. But uh, Saul, and uh, uh, so, so you had this issue that Jonathan was passionate for the Lord. He was he was seeking after the Lord. He wanted the Lord's will to be done, and so there there was this enemy, the Philistines. They had a giant, and a giant would come and would taunt Israel daily. And most of Israel would be just shuddering in fear. We're gonna die. We're gonna die. Jonathan was seeking the Lord. He's saying, How's this going to happen? One day they find David. David was just a little guy. You know, I, always, I heard that there was this show out there in, um, uh, in Lancaster of uh, David. And they had him as a little guy. And I said, well, I always thought he'd be a big guy. Well, you go and read the scripture, he was a little guy. It wasn't his stature. They didn't choose him. You know, most of the presidents are six foot tall or, or taller. They, they didn't choose David because of his stature. It was because of his heart. And so here's Jonathan, one guy, here's David, another guy, and David has to go out and he gets chosen to go fight the the giant. And I want you to just visualize with me Jonathan seeking after God, wanting to see this defeat of this giant in their land. And here's what David says to the giant. Check this out. David says... To the Philistines, you come to me with sword, spirit, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Now imagine, here's Jonathan seeking after the Lord. Most people are cowardly running from this guy. Jonathan wants to see this happen. And here goes David. He goes up in the face with his little slingshot. He says, you... You've defiled the God of heaven's army. I'm coming to you in the name of heaven's armies. Continuing on. He says, Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut your head off. Now, isn't that cool? He continues on. Look what he says. He says, And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Verse 47. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with a sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle. And he will give it, give you to us. Now, I want you to check this out because here's Jonathan. He's seeking after the Lord. David goes out. And if you read the rest of the story there, man, David goes out. One little stone went in his sling and the sling went round and round. And round and round and round and round, and he takes down the giant, little David, short in stature. He takes down this giant, and you know what Jonathan says? That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a friend who will be a giant taken down. Take down the giants. You know that's what you need in your life is a friend. Who will encourage you to take down the giants in your life. There's some giants in your life that it will haunt you if you let them in. That terrify every time you think about them. You need a friend who will come to you and say, hey, listen, we're on the same team. 1 Samuel chapter 18. Look what happened to David and Jonathan. After David has done, he's done talking with Saul now. Jonathan became one in spirit with David. And he loved him like himself. These two became the best of friends. Oh, they had their families, but they ended up having the best of friendship. And they encouraged each other. They stirred each other up towards love and good deeds. And I want to encourage you because when you finally get that in your life, I've got so many people in my life that have encouraged me along the way. And I can tell you, man, I have a private dimension in my faith and I have a public dimension. It's the one another's. Look here at uh, accountability will add insight to your decisions. Before you go make a decision, come before the Lord and also before other wise counsel, before those accountability people in your life. Proverbs twelve fifteen says that the way of a fool seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Every major decision in my life, I have been able to consult with godly people, with the family of God, people who would hold me accountable. And it has helped me with every decision, every major decision in my life, including my marriage. Fools think that they need no advice, but we see the wise listen to the advice. Uh, truth, it will add truth. Accountability will add truth to your perception. And, uh, and it will change. It will. It results in a good perspective of life. Uh, Rome I'm sorry, Proverbs 27.6 says, Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Your enemy will always tell you what you want to hear. Enemies always flatter. Somebody who loves you can caringly and lovingly help you and say, Boy, is that really how you wanted to treat your mom? Is that really what you were trying to say to your kids? Man, they can encourage you. Real friends tell you what you don't want to hear. Average friends will tell you what you want to hear. We need truth-telling in our life. Um, Accountability adds hope when you're hurting. And the result is healing. It adds hope when you're hurting. James 5.16, confess your trespasses, your sins. To one another, pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much. I want you to check this out because as you now sit down with your friend, that accountability person, look, this isn't like something you share with everybody, but you have somebody and you share with them, boy, I'm really struggling, I need help. And they are able to pray for you you know what happens? You experience healing. We're going to try and make it look good like I got it together. If there's nobody that got it together. Then why don't I let some people into my life who will pray for me? Well, somehow I've been told that only the strong will survive. No. Only the ones who are humble in the sight of the Lord and willing to hear from the people of God, will survive. It adds faith to your journey. It adds faith to your journey. I want you to think about this. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. So as you look in your life, I want to encourage you, accountability is about being fully known and fully loved. Did you catch that? Fully known and fully loved. See, the people who know me the most, they know I'm a little crazy. And they love me. That's how God loves you. You need the body of Christ around you that know when you're nuts. That can pull you aside and help you. That can know your failures and love you all the more. That is the love of God. Close with this thought here. Several years ago, in my, our early days in marriage, I've been married for 29 years. It'd be 30 this summer. I can't believe that. In the first few years, I'll never forget, I came home from work one day. My wife is sitting on the couch. She can attest to this. She's sitting on the couch on the phone, crying. And so, what does a man do when you come home and your wife's crying? You want to fix it. Well, number one, don't try to fix a crying woman, right? Don't do that. Like, I just didn't know that early on. I just, help. I was like, who are you talking to? Mary Jane. And I knew that Mary Jane was her good friend. She was an older woman who was a mentor to her. was like an accountability person in her life. I'm like, what could a Mary Jane possibly be telling you? I'm like, well, what are you talking about? She goes, you. And I was like, I'm God's gift to you, baby. What's going on? And you know what Mary Jane did? Mary Jane was so good. This wasn't like my wife wasn't going to leave me or anything like that. It wasn't like some catastrophic event. It was just normal life. How do you live with a guy? I mean, how he leaves his clothes everywhere. I mean, that's how God made me, right? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, listen, how do you live with this guy? So she's talking to this, guy, to this lady, Mary Jane. And Mary Jane tells her something like this. That's just the way it is when you're living and having a relationship and you're growing this life together. You're going to have friction and you're going to have disagreements. You're going to be all right. Honey, I married one too. They're all a little nuts. <laughs> and you know what? I thank God for Mary Jane. That was Mary Jane Anthony. Mary Jane Anthony got up and moved to Ohio. And the scriptures tell us that the older women are to teach the younger women. I thank God because I have a wife that was poured into. I an older woman that said, I don't need a church program to do this. <laughs> Programs don't make this happen. I'm going to get on the phone and I'm going to befriend Rhonda because I knew Rhonda as a teenager is what she did. She knew Rhonda from the time she was a kid. And she kept an eye on her and she loved her. And today I have a godly woman not because of all this but because God put this picture together and God saved my wife and God put a Mary Jane Anthony. And now we're becoming the older people. And we're investing in young people. And young people call us and say, am I going to make it? And I tell them, Yes. And this is what happens. We need this accountability in our life. And so I want to encourage you to be fully known and fully loved. Tim Keller says it like this. He said, that's how God loves us. To be fully known and fully loved. You know, you may be fully loved and that's comforting, but to be fully known and fully loved is the most secure spot. And that's what I want to encourage you today. Walk the journey and involve people. Get people in your life. And it takes time. You may not gel right away. It's going to take time. Keep growing. Keep knowing. But listen, that is one of the major habits in my life since I've been a kid that happened. Maybe it happened by mistake. I don't know. But it happens in community. And I want to encourage you. Don't run from God. Ever. Don't run from his body. Connect to it. And let other people start to develop it. And God will do it in his timing. Let's close in prayer. Well our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, as we prepare for our closing song, I'm just going to ask you, maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Ken, I've not yet opened my heart to Jesus. That's the beginning point of all this. When you stand before God, I want it to be no condemnation for you as well. And the only way you get the no condemnation is to trust what he did on the cross. So would you come to the Lord this morning and trust him that he died on the cross. And just pray something like this. Dear Jesus, I come before you and I know that I'm a sinner. I'm a savior. I need a savior, Lord. You died on the cross. You paid for my sin. You rose again. And I invite you into my heart and soul. And for others in this room or joining us online today, maybe for you, your prayer is, Lord, please, Lord, please send me a caring friend that's walking the journey that will encourage me. Maybe there's friends in your life that God wants you to take the next step and just maybe have a little bit more coffee with, spend a little bit more time. To the point where you can feel comfortable to let your guard down, to let other people in, and to let them encourage you along the way. Father, I thank you for your gift of the family of God. I thank you for these accountable relationships, Lord, that help me to live for you to this day. Lord, these people surround me because they're following you, and they're trying to encourage me as I'm encouraging them. And so this is a two-way street. We're in this together, Lord. I thank you for the wonderful God that you are. I pray now, Lord, as we worship you in closing, that you'll be adored. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Let's stand up and sing our closing song and and worship our great God.
1: The enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good, turn it for good. Thanks for sharing your day with us. Have a good week. We will see you next Sunday.
4: and power will always remain, but as my eyes close and mind awakes, no words come to fill the space, cause words, they don't do your power much justice, it's too great, too great to be bound by little letters we make up, and it's funny that we sometimes think we understand the fullness of Your glory by calling you this and that, but the reality is that we can't fully.